Welcome to the Faith Renewed Podcast. I'm Pastor Terry Rogers, and I want to thank you for listening to this message. If you want to learn more about Faith Renewed, check us out online at faithrenewed.org. If you would turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6. Amen. And so you can see on the screen there, we have a version live event taking place. If you use the version Bible app, all you have to do is this. Just go to that app, click on more, then events, and you'll see Faith or Need right there. And you can just follow along with that. I encourage you to save that message. It does float away into the clouds somewhere in about six days. So, uh, but Isaiah chapter 6, when you have it, say amen. amen. Let's read verses 1 through 8 today. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, and with two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, we just got through singing this. I don't know if you realize that if you were singing that, you were singing the song of heaven, and you were joined in with the army. Of angels, but he is holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away. And your sin purged. And also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And we talk and pray right now to a holy God. Father, we love you. We honor you in this room today, God. We thank you, Lord, for your presence that's here, God. By your Holy Spirit, we honor you today, God. You are holy. May we recognize it today, God, and may you touch us today with the fire of your altar and change our hearts, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a little bit different flow today, I guess. Um, 
just from what God has been doing in my heart this week. Uh, a little bit different, and so if you're first time with us, may just have today, just from my heart as I deliver, just what I believe God's placed upon it, maybe just a little bit different flow. Um, I love, I love to have a good time, and uh, I love to have fun. I really do, and uh, and uh, I think we as Christians can have an incredible, great time worshiping Jesus. Amen. And I'm talking about a good time. I mean, and, and I have, a, I do, I just have a lot of fun from this stage. And you just guys make ministry a joy for me. And so I thank you for that. And so it's just uh, incredible to be able to do that. And, and so I just have a good time. You know something? That's okay. It's good. It's good that we do that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, as Christians, we have or should have more joy than anybody else on this planet. Amen. Because again, the God that we serve, man, is so good and that is available for us. And so I'm just so thankful for that. And I, I love that. But, and I honestly, I do this. I, I, it sometimes hurts me when someone that I see who claims Christ, who has no joy, because I know that is what God would have for them. He does not in any way want any of his children to live any way in misery or depression or struggle or pain. Because he is a God who pours out on our lives goodness and mercy and love. And so it is just that kind of God today that we are coming and honoring in this room. And so, but today it is just a little bit, maybe a different flow as I just share, because I guess maybe it's just a subject matter. Maybe what I just feel like God is wanting to do special in this room, new, Pastor Andrew, as you were saying just a few moments today, I think God wants to do something new in your life today. I think God wants to do something just so real and special today as we're in a series today talking about the names of God the names of who he is. And we have been getting better understanding through each revelation of that name of who the God is that we are able to say lives on the inside of our hearts. I mean, how beautiful is that? And I love it, man. We have been just having a great time over and over just learning about the different names of who he is and what that means for us as we see the attributes of God and we grab hold of those truths and place them within us. I love it. And it has been a joy to be able to do so. But today, as I talk about the name of God that is so just, I believe, just truly set apart from any other name, yeah. the name today is holy. Come on. His name is holy. Yes. We studied this Wednesday night in Luke chapter 1 as we have been just opening up the Bible together and going through the book of Luke. And in Luke chapter 1, you'll find this in your notes, verse 49 in Luke 1, we saw this as it was describing Jesus and who he would be. And it says in verse 49, it says, For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Oh, man, I love that. And I, I just love what that, mean, that name means. It represents. And I just think sometimes we have maybe a misunderstanding of it because I think we have a, a tendency to maybe put it in a category of just performance. Yeah. I think we have a tendency sometimes to put it in, in a place of sometimes how maybe we perform in our actions or in our deeds. But I want you to understand this. When we're talking about this name, God, it's different than any other name. 
We've been talking, and I mean, if you are new here, I encourage you to go back and listen to the series that has been up to this point as we have been digging into the names of Jesus and seeing the names of God and who he is. And we've learned that he is love, and it is who he is, and it is just incredible. The Bible says, again, he just not only loves us, but he is love. And so we see that as beautiful. We've seen things like, man, he is our great hope. He's faithful. He's peace. But I want you to understand that none of those things are possible without the holiness of God. None of those things are even possible without this God being holy and set apart and being separate from any other thing. And today, I just hope that you will grab this and you will just see and grab hold of this with me. I posted this week and I was like, man, I really truly feel like, man, I've been doing this 22 years. And I'm like, I feel like today it may be the most important message I have ever preached. And I'm like, man, it just has felt so heavy on my heart. And I know when you put something out like that, it may try to have a tendency to put even a pressure on you to perform. But I'm like, man, I'm just stripping all that away. And I just want you to know that we serve a holy, holy, holy God. I'm not going to pretend that in any way today, I'm going to be able to like come in here and like paint the picture of holiness of the God that I serve. It's not possible. Uh, I know there will be no way I'll be able to fully describe today how holy he is, but I can share the word of God with you. I can speak us from my heart. And then you have to do this. You have to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to allow that word to come in and transform you and change you and wreck your life. And it, that's what God does when we allow him to come in. But I got freed up, man, and I love like reading, you know, older, like dead people who are gone and uh, who are no longer with us. And they just have a lot of great stuff. So I read a lot of old theologians and I study a lot of those things. I read those and I love something. I read this this week and it just freed me up this morning. A.W. Tozer said this. He said that language cannot express the holy. So God resorts to association and suggestion and he cannot say it outright because he would have to use words for which we know no meaning. Wow. So there are, I was like, I'm like, okay, God, thank you for that. Because I just didn't feel like there's no way I'm going to be able to do it. And I just feel like, again, he said, do this. Just say what I have placed on your heart. So I just got a couple of points today for you. And I just got two things that God's put on my heart. Yeah, two this morning. And uh, again, that I feel like he's put in my life to speak into yours. And number one is just simply this, is that God is worthy of all honor. He is worthy of all honor. There's no one like our God, as we saw. There's no one like our God. That word holy is the only word that's attributed to each part of the Godhead. As he is the Holy Spirit, as we have read the holy is his name, as we come before a holy God, that we see the Father, that this is something that's attributed to only what we see when it comes to the God that we serve. There are no other gods out there that others are serving who is holy and set apart like this God. It is only the God we serve. And Isaiah does this. Isaiah is given a vision 
He has given a glimpse to what I believe truly was a glimpse inside the presence of the holiness of God in heaven. And it is just wild. As we read Isaiah, he sees something. It could have been physically in the temple. It could have been just something that was just revealed to him. But God gives him a glimpse of some things. And it is so incredible. And And it is not, again, coincidence of the timing of when this happens. This happens, it says, the scripture says, in the year that King Uzziah died. Now, this is King Uzziah. Uzziah was the guy, he went to the throne, and we studied this back when we did Isaiah early a couple years ago in another series. But King Uzziah was 16 years old when he approached his position on the throne as king. He reigned there for over 50 years. He's like, man, he made the top five list when it comes to kings. I mean, they have some good ones and they have some bad ones, but man, he would make the list. He would make the top. And this guy, man, was like one who had it all together. He fell off, if you know the story, near the last year of his life. But I think, man, the significance of what is being spoken here is this, that there will be kings that come and there will be kings that go. Even the great ones will leave us but he's on the throne. There will be presidents that come and there will be presidents that go and no matter who is in that position, it will not change the one who is in position, who is seated on the throne. And it is God and it says in the scripture, man, that he is seated there. And man, he will never fall off of the throne. This is great news for us because if we see this, that the God that I serve is seated in a position of authority that no matter what is happening in my life, the one who is seated sees it all and is able to do this. He's able to transform my situation because of who he is and where he is seated. And the Bible says that he is seated upon the throne. Let me help you understand this this morning, man, that life will get easier for you when you see the holiness of God. But you understand that, man, he is there in a position of authority. It will not bring you to a place of where you start wondering if you make it through. No, because you know that God is seated in a position of authority upon the throne. And it will change everything in our life. And the Bible says that this God is holy. And so he gets the vision. I love it. And we see this. We see that the seraphim, which are angelic beings created by God, we see that these angelic beings, these seraphim, are actually now like men, have six wings. It's wild how God will always, again, give to those, again, that he creates what they need for the environment that they're in. I love it, man. It's wild. I love getting out in the environment and enjoying some of those creatures that he makes. Amen. But this one is different. The description of them is wild to me because you start seeing the description of them. They have any six wings and that with one of those wings or two of those wings, they would take and they would actually have to cover their eyes. Even those uh, beings that were created to actually be around the presence of God were unable to look upon his holiness and look upon the greatness of him. And again, there's just a lot that you can study out and just even dig into how beautiful and again, how good that is, not how bad it is, but how good it is. With one way you see that they would cover their feet. And, and again, that was, I believe, symbolic for what you would see throughout Scripture, where even again, you see like Moses, he was spoken. He said, man, take the shoes off. 
You're on some holy ground. And they're like saying this, even God, as you've created us and as you have made us as your seraphim who were created to worship you and call you holy and to gather around the throne, we're not even worthy to be in your presence, even stand or fly, be there. Yet again, we see it now, even that this, the third set of ways, man, that had to be a wild thing. Imagine seeing that. The third set, man, they, they just flew around. And the description, man, to me is incredible and is wild to think about. But it's not so much the description of the seraphim. It's the message of the seraphim. It's not how they created them. It's what they created him for. And what they were doing as a result of being created together around this Lord. And it says in verse 2, and it says, that Above it stood seraphim, and with each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. But this is what they were saying again. Not just that description of them, but that message that they were saying. In verse 3, he says it this way, And one cried out to another. And said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. And the whole earth is full of his glory. This is wild, man. To think about how incredible, how beautiful this is. Because, listen, you have to see this. Again, it's not that, again, he was just like, man, he was able to perform well as God. But that word holy is so much more than that. The word holy, this is actually the meaning if you study this out. This word holy is, is, is now it's a, a person who is set apart, who is consecrated, who is separate. Do you understand that the God that we serve, there's no one like him. There's none beside him. He is in a class all by himself. He alone is God. He alone is seated in authority. And it is amazing that as we see this, this was like even how God even showed us to the person of Jesus, the Son, to pray to the Father. When he would say things like Matthew 6, verse 9, when he taught how to pray, he said this. He said, pray it this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It means this, man, that your name is sacred. Your name is set apart. It's different than any other name. You have to understand, man, that we as Christians, those who have surrendered their life to Jesus, and if you have yet to do so, if today you say yes to Jesus, you are surrendering over to a God who is a holy all by himself. He alone is holy. He alone is separate. And he alone is the only one who can save you. And this is the God that we serve. And it is wild. If you study scripture, it's, it's a trip. They didn't have like exclamation points and all this kind of stuff like we have today. To be able to just say it and do all this stuff. They, you know, if you ever like texted someone or you posted something, it was like exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Or you did this, you pulled out the emoji. Because you really want to describe it. My favorite today are like the GIFs. It's okay to laugh even though I'm serious today. It's all right. Come on, it's good. It's all right. Like, I've just had entire conversations with the GIFs. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, man? Those things are awesome. 
It's wild, man. That you just find a little picture of just little guy doing something, you know, man, just falling out of church or just dancing before the Lord. I mean, I just it's just incredible. I wouldn't have that. So you would see things like in scripture to where it would be what they would typically use, what we would call like verbal repetition. And so like, man, it was again, just by itself. If something said in scripture one time, you can spank on it, man. You can just handle it and just trust that what he says, if he says it one time, it's good. But then you start seeing things in scripture. You'll see verbal repetition where you'll see things that are repeated twice. And you'll see him say things like, you know, like verily, verily. You'll hear the words of my God where he is hanging upon the cross. He cries out, my God, my God. He's hungry and calling out and crying out to the Father. He says, why have you forsaken me? And we see this in scripture. And you can go on where you would see things. like He would say, have mercy, have mercy. You would see repetition of things twice. But you see when it comes to the word holy, you see this description of God who was repeated three times because once is not enough. Twice is not significant. It would take three times. And then this, an ongoing proclamation of those words, an ongoing declaration of those words being spoken spoken by the seraphim in continual and never-ending order that he is holy, 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 holy. Hey, I've loved this series and I haven't had a blast, man, preaching it, teaching it. It has been so much fun, but we don't see in Scripture, man, that he's love, love, love. Peace, peace, peace. But we see it here and it describes him so well. He is holy, holy, holy. And in this message, you will see the doorpost of the place shaken because of his presence, because of the words that were being proclaimed. Last week we saw that, man, Jesus steps out on a ship and he speaks to the elements. The one who created the heavens and earth speaks to the earth and it obeys him and it has to cease. The storm stopped as he spoke the words peace. And then we see him when he gets to that other side that the demonic forces of the enemy himself have to bow down to that holy name because he is holy, holy, holy. And this is the God that I serve. He deserves all our honor, all our praise. Second is this, is that we should never, we should never take our relationship with God lightly. I love modern man, and I love new, and I love fresh, and I'm just, I just, we want to stay current, and all those things, man, I love it, and man, I, I, I put young people around me to help me to see what's new and fresh and current, and I love that, and I love all those things, but what is in, has, has had a tendency that has happened that we've seen in some places, that some of the newness has caused this, it's caused us to get away from the seriousness of what it means to serve serve a holy God. That how real this is. Casual worship is not possible when you see God for who he really is. It is not possible. Something shifts in your life when you get a picture of him. And Isaiah the prophet 
that as the prophet who God would use to speak through when he saw him face to face, everything changed. Everything stopped in that moment and everything shifted. The moment he understood and the moment he saw him for who he really is, you mean that's the God that you've called me to proclaim. That's the God that I prophesy about. That's the God I speak of. That holy God, I'm not worthy. Not worthy. This would change our hearts. This would change our life. We really understand how holy he is. Everything will shift for us. It will be different. I love this, and Tozier said this as well. He said that, man, the church that can worship must be entertained. And the men who can lead a church to worship must provide the entertainment. And God didn't call me to be an entertainer. He didn't call me to get up here. He didn't call our worship team to perform. He didn't call our teachers to perform. He's called us to do this. Understand that he deserves all our worship. He deserves all our honor. He deserves all our praise. We can't take this lightly. Christianity is not something that we add to our life. This is not something that we just, again, we do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it. But something changes when we see this. Now, listen, I'm not talking about like that we have to go around and be scared of this God. That's not a father. Man, he wants to have a relationship with you. And he loves you and he is this peace and he provided the sacrifice of the person of Jesus and made a way for us to come in. But listen, we need to understand something. The Bible says it over and over and over more than 300 times that we are to fear the Lord. We are to fear the Lord. And it's not, and we've lessened it when we say that it just means this irreverence. That it's just a reverence. No, it's more than that. Isaiah understood it was more than that as he looked up and saw him seated on the throne. A holy fear came on his life. And everything changed. I love it, man. Because as Isaiah saw God for who he is, he saw Isaiah for who? Isaiah is. And he does it this way and he says it. He says, man, I'm a man of unclean lips. And this is what, I don't know, as I, as I was studying this week and went through it like nine times in Scripture, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, 1 Peter. You would see in the Scriptures and in the Word him say this to us. Be holy. I'm holy. Oh my God. There is no way. We can't do that. And thankfully, this story doesn't end with Isaiah just bowed there with just that proclamation and just that understanding that, man, he was a man of unclean lips because he would have never got up and done the rest of the things that God called him to do. And so thankfully, this story doesn't end there. And because, again, we have to understand this holiness that we're speaking of. It's not us like, man, I want to perform better. I'm going to do better. No, you have to understand what God says to do. Here he says to be holy, not do holy. 
And it's wild to me that as I thought about, I think for so long, we've tried to do holy. We've tried to do better. And this is what shifts for us. When we are holy, when we are the becoming the ones that God's called us to be, holiness will flow from it. Those things will come forth out of that. We will live a certain lifestyle. And when we miss it, the spirit of God in our hearts will rip us and say, man, you can't do that. That's not who you are. That's not who I've created you to be. And this is what's so cool about this. C.S. Lewis said it this way. The holiness of God is something more and other than moral perfection. His claim upon us is something more and other than the claim of moral duty. (laughs) This is what we see. Verse 6 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and your iniquity is taken away, and your sin do you understand the touch from God from the fire of his altar changes who we are I don't want to take that lightly I don't want to take that for granted I don't want to play with that man I want to be like man Isaiah did here and he sees this in the one touch and the one thing that God when he placed his hands upon him and this is what makes us holy. It's, again, not our moral perfection. What makes something holy is the sacred holy hand that touches the unholy thing. And it is the one, when the one who is holy touches the unholy, that that thing becomes holy and pure in his sight. And Isaiah saw it, and he didn't do this. He didn't say, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to have to go back, and like a year from now, after I work on myself, then I'm going to go out and do something great for God. Immediately when the touch of God happened upon his life when the fire of the altar touched his heart he said this the one who could not even say in any form or fashion i'm even more deserving i'm worthy to be here said i am now willing to be your representative how do we go from that how do we go from saying man i can't even like be in your presence yeah i want to go and represent you to the world it is the touch of God. And radical transformation happened in the life of Isaiah. And radical transformation happens in our life when we get a revelation of his holiness. When we see him for who he is and the hand of God touches us. In verse 8, said it this way. He said, also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? The one that was laying there. I've been in that place. And this is not, this message is not anything that in any form or fashion condemns us. This message is the one that sets us free and delivers us from the bondages that this world holds that the enemy uses so strong against us because this message, when it comes from the hand of God and when he speaks in our life, as he spoke in Isaiah, as the fire of the altar touched the lips of a man, he went from saying, I can't even be in your presence to saying this. Here I am, I. Oh, man. If you 
good. I'm going to ask you to do something today. Just stand with me right now. If you're new here, man, I just hope just today the Spirit of God has spoken to you. And This is what we have to draw from this. This holy God touches unholy things and prepares them for his service. You know, God's not looking for the most gifted. He's not looking for the most talented. Those things are awesome, but man, they mean nothing if those things haven't been given to God. Great, man. And, there, you, and you can entertain well if you have a gift and a talent. But there's a big difference in that and allowing the hand of God to touch your heart and understanding that it's His touch that makes you ready. And you just simply saying, Here am I. God's in me. I want to do this altar call this way today, and it's just, just prayed heavy, man. Like, God, how do you, what do you do with this, Lord? I just want to invite you to do this. If you just want to just simply honor the Holy God who was seated on the throne this morning, I want to invite you to do this. Just come, find you a place to kneel and bow and worship. If you're not, I know some of you may not be physically able to do so. If you're not, please understand, this is not, anyway, no one will look down on you. But if you're physically today able to get in a place to just come before this God, and I believe this this morning, the worship team ministers from Isaiah 6, there's gonna be a revelation that happens in your heart today. There's going to be a transformation that, cha- that changes and, and, and wrecks your life today. As you get a glimpse of him for who he is. We come today unholy on our own strength. And the demand of perfection of being holy as he is holy. Only comes when we say, God, touch my life with your fire. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to spend time in his presence. We're just going to spend time in his holiness, honoring him today. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for listening to this message. We hope it's been a source of encouragement for you. If you need prayer, would like to support this ministry through your financial giving, or just want to learn more about Faith Renewed, please stop by faithrenewed.org.